Welcome to the show here with my dad. On this episode of the Infinite Adoption Guide podcast, Lindsay joins me to share her infinite adoption story and her experience on how her and her husband adopted using social media and how she helps others do the same thing. Well, hey there, welcome back to the Infinite Adoption Guide podcast. My name is Tim Elder. I'm a dad of three through Infinite Adoption. This is the show all about domestic infant adoption, give you in the hope, the resources, the inspiration, cutting down that overwhelm so you can adopt faster with more confidence. So thank you for joining me today. Uh, Lindsay is a mom through infant adoption. She joins us, her and her husband matched with an expectant mom through Facebook, and she is a whiz at social media. So I'm so excited to talk with her. They adopted pretty quickly within a matter of just a few months. So she's going to share her adoption experience and how they use social media to really find and match with an expectant mom. And there's some, there's, it wasn't all roses. There were some things that she definitely had to go through to get to that match. So we'll get into her story in just a bit. First, I wanted to ask you if you are in our Facebook group, if you're not, please go join us at infiniteadoptionguide.com. You can click right there on how to join our Facebook group. It's free. You can jump in. There's a ton of people in there waiting to help you and waiting to talk with you and support you. And I'm excited to announce that we've really taken a community and support a step further, even than our Facebook group, because we built this website. It's at infiniteadoptionguide.com forward slash community. And this website is a, a a website and an app, a lot like social media, a lot like Facebook, but it's very private outside of social media, our own safe, private online space that you can connect with other people. You can chat with them online. You can learn about things. If you don't know anything about adoption, you can jump in and learn about adoption. And we get you into these exclusive small buddy groups, which we call buddy groups because they're it's a designed place where you have five to 10 people that you can become friends. You can have your own private, personal, small support group. We match you in there so you can meet and chat and share experiences inside of the website. You can do it over Zoom, however you guys want to communicate and support and connect with each other in that small group setting to get really personalized help and support. And I'm in there as well. I'm ready to help you and support you and get you on that path to adopt and do, you know, provide that hope that you need to build your family through adoption. We all want that help. So go to infiniteadoptionguide.com forward slash community. I'd love to see you inside of that. And I'm willing to give you a free month to jump in there and just try it. So jump in there and get a free month uh, into the community. I'd love to see you in there and ready to help you out. InfiniteOptionGuide.com forward slash community. All right, let's jump into the interview with Lindsay right now. All right, welcome to the show, Lindsay. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you for joining me today. I love having uh, adoptive parents on the show because, especially those who are helping serve the adoption community after you adopt. So, uh, you're a new mom. Your little guy's what four months old now? You said. Yes. Yep. Yes. He was four months yesterday. Awesome! Congratulations! And he's sleeping through the night. Uh, I would say about <laughs> half the nights he is, so I will take it after those first few weeks or maybe first two months. Um, even getting up once or twice a night isn't that bad, so we're doing good. Yes, any little bit of extra sleep, you, you have to hang your head on and, and count your blessings, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining me today. It's going to be a great uh, show talking about your little bit of your story, but then also talking about social media and how you guys use social media to uh, match. And so it's a pretty interesting topic. I've had a lot of people over the years, really, ever since social media really came up, came to pass and came to be that a lot of people get, get kind of scared of it and a little worried and, and not even sure how to use it. So I think a lot of people stay away from it. So I'm really intrigued to hear your story and hear how you used it and then provide some tips and advice to the folks. So what led you and your husband to start the adoption process? What, how long ago was this and, and uh, how did you jump into it? So that's kind of a twofold answer as far as when we started talking about it, because I can't remember not wanting to adopt. It's just something that's always been on my heart. 
And so when I was dating, uh, that was kind of one of the qualifications I had for the, the man that I would marry is that he had to be open to adoption because I just knew that it was something I was going to do someday. I distinctly remember talking to my husband about it while we were dating. Um, and just he was he was super open to it. I can't say that it was something he'd probably ever thought all that much about, but he saw how important it was to me and and we decided that if we got married, it's something we would do one day. And then in November of 2021, we decided we were ready um, to start talking about growing our family with children and kind of decided that maybe we weren't ready right now, but adoption can take a while and we wanted to pursue it. So let's start now because it could be three years or longer. Um, and if it happened really fast, like it very rarely does, then we would just roll with it. So, um, it wasn't like anything specific really led us to it other than the fact that it had just been on my heart and was something I always wanted to do. And thankfully he was really open to that. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. You, you avoided the, um, I guess what a lot of people do run into the, the spouse issue of, well, I don't know if I'm ready for adoption. I don't know if I even want to adopt. So that was kind of very nice. You didn't have to go through that. Uh, yes. How did you get to the point where you're deciding on a private infant adoption and maybe even talk about the differences of private versus agency and, and how you came to adopt the way you did? Yeah. So cost was honestly a big part of it for us. We had only been married for six or seven months when we started talking about it. Um, we were just starting out. We were also saving to buy our first home we were renting. So we definitely wanted to keep in mind how to adopt as affordably and economically as possible. So that eliminates a lot of agencies. Um, there are some that definitely can be affordable, but I have about five years of social media marketing experience and I had seen other people trying to adopt on social media in the past. And I thought, you know, I should be as well equipped as anyone to try and do this. And if we could forego using an agency, it would really help us kind of keep the cost in check. We had been recommended to a great attorney who also hooked us up with a really great social worker. Um, and they both show the utmost amount of care for everyone in an adoption situation. So some of the counseling and other resources that an agency would be able to offer us and the expectant mother um, weren't as much of a concern that we were missing out because we had really great professionals that have been doing this a long time and are really great at, at, at getting everyone involved what they need and making sure they're well taken care of and that the adoption is done ethically and and with respect for everyone. So um the decision to to not use an agency ended up actually being a fairly easy one, at least retrospectively. I know there were times during our wait that I thought, oh, maybe this would be faster with an agency, but I just kept trying with social media and eventually we did match. Awesome. Yeah. I think a lot of people listening to this will be like, how did you do that? And how did you not run into <laughs> a whole bunch of scams? <laughs> and because probably the first thing that comes to our mind is, how did you not get so many scams? So did you get anybody that tried to scam you? And well, we'll start with that. Did anybody try to scam you? Did you run into that at all? We did run into people that were what I learned is called emotional scammers. And this is definitely one of the big things I learned through our adoption process, because I think most people would never comprehend that there are people out there who are trying to scam you emotionally when you think of an adoption scam, you automatically think, oh, they're going to um, pretend to be pregnant or pretend like they want to place their child so that they can get money and then um, just ghost you and, and run off with it. But there are a decent number of people or at least one really persistent person out there that <laughs> wants to kind of prey on hopeful adoptive parents and um, just get their hopes up only to then kind of pull the rug out from under them. And it's it's really too bad that it has to be that way. And we did face that. But after the first one or two, we got really good at not 
kind of getting our hopes up um initially when someone would reach out um it they they ultimately everyone that that reached out to us and wasn't legitimate showed their true colors pretty quickly they um they either got unreasonably mad for no reason or just kind of went dark or weren't interested in ever talking to an attorney or you know there's a lot of things you can kind of ask them to feel out how real they are and um it it is intimidating but it it's less intimidating after you deal with a few of them because everyone I came in contact with showed their true colors I'm gonna say within two or three days so if you can just as hard as it is kind of keep your emotions in check to start with um you can usually feel it out pretty quickly and do you send them off to your attorney immediately or do you try to do something to figure out if they're scamming I kind of felt it out on my own um just kind of judging how they answered our questions or if they answered our questions um and then if they seemed serious I would say oh well we have an attorney do you have any legal questions like we can get you in touch with them and then how they respond to that is very telling so our son's bio mom did actually have some legal questions and none of the scammers ever had any legal questions so it made it really easy when she kind of asked us some things about like the birth father's rights and things that we didn't know the answer to to say well we have an attorney we could ask him or we could get you his number or we could help you find an attorney for you to use like let's work through this and get you answers to that because we don't know and she was really receptive to it she had a phone call with our attorney and that made everything feel so much better whereas I'm thinking of one scammer in particular and they all kind of blend together in my memory but um I kind of mentioned like hey you know we have this attorney he's really great would you want to talk to him and just like I'm sure you might have questions about the process or just you know next steps um would you want to talk to him and and she kind of got really mad and it was like okay I didn't think that was something that would upset you so this <laughs> probably isn't real oh wow okay so then how long did it take you to when you started using social media, you had your attorney in place. How long did it take you to match with your son's birth mom? And what social media did you use to do that? We started a Facebook and Instagram page on January 1st. And she we officially matched in the middle of August on Facebook. We dabbled with TikTok in that time, um, but quickly decided that was spraying us too thin. And for a lot of reasons, we just didn't want to use that. Okay. Um, I'd say we really got consistent with posting in the spring and she reached out in early july so if you count wow. kind of from when we really kind of put our all into it until she found us it was only a matter of a couple months that's amazing yeah that's it definitely amazing. was shocking <laughs> yep and so you kind of put her through your little filter of um whether or not she's a scammer or not and what kind of passed the test is after you asked her about attorneys and uh, more adoption law stuff like stuff that she would really want to know and not get chased away from right yeah so she never made us wonder um i guess uh her her reaching out to our attorney and getting our questions answered was a very good reaffirming sign yeah. but uh when when she first reached out to us it was early july we were at a family camp out with my husband's extended family and they're such a big and close family and we didn't want anyone. I mean, we had it, both of us were on the Facebook pages administrators. And so the message came up on both of our phones and we like kind of got excited, but didn't want anyone to notice. And so we were like trying to find ways to sneak off and like <laughs> talk about it. And I was trying really hard not to get my hopes up. And he's like, I really think this one could be real. I really think this one could be real. And I just remember him saying that over and over and, um, just the more we talked to her, the more we got to know her real self. And and she just, she never really made us doubt. Um, so there's always, there's always that hope and you never want to kind of shut someone out until you're sure. But she never really put any doubt in us at all, which is just, it was such a blessing because it's so hard to navigate. And did you make a switch from like, I'm assuming you were connecting through Facebook and then did you make a switch to like, let's talk on the phone or have some other uh, way of She's actually, 
fairly local. She only lives an hour away. So we did keep messaging on Facebook, but then we set up a time to meet uh, about halfway between when she first reached out and when we matched. So we we messaged back and forth for a few weeks and then set up a time to go um, and get dinner with her. What was that dinner like? I'm sure that was pretty nerve wracking and awkward, huh? meeting for the first it time. was so nerve-wracking <laughs> and very awkward yes she came with her sister which helped a little bit her sister is so funny so that kind oh, of broke some of the tension um but we met on a sunday evening and clayton and i my husband had just been on a, a short weekend vacation down to kentucky with my dad and sister and we we did end up telling my dad what we were doing, but we didn't want to tell very many people because we weren't matched and we didn't know how it would go. Um, so we didn't mention it to my sister or anybody else that was on the trip. And we were just kind of excited for vacation to be over because we really wanted to meet her. Um, but we met and had dinner and um, just tried to really, everything I read always said, kind of get to know her and don't talk too much about the baby because She's going through a lot and it's hard and you really want to make her feel comfortable. And so that was great advice, but she brought up the baby a lot. She knew that it was a boy. So that was really exciting. Um, and she was at this place where she was thinking about adoption, but she wasn't sure. So it wasn't like she was interviewing a lot of couples. She was really only talking to us and just kind of trying to learn more about us and learn more about adoption and and weigh out all of her options. About how far along was she uh, in her pregnancy when you guys matched? Or, well, I guess when you met her and at that dinner, how far along was she? So she reached out to me in July. So she was four months along. I remember shortly before we matched, she was halfway. Wow, okay. So at that point, you had a long part of your match left. How did you get to the point where you actually matched? Did you have a social worker or anybody help you make that match? Or did you talk through that with her? So we just kind of kept the lines of communication open. And I remember thinking several times like, oh, she she decided to parent or she found someone else. Because she would go a week or more without really reaching out. And I would try and reach out once a week. But sometimes it would go a little longer just because I felt annoying being the one to always reach <laughs> out first. I remember we had a conversation and she was talking about how she felt like adoption was the right option, but she wasn't sure. And I said, well, you know, if and when you get to that point, let me know and we'll reach out to the attorney. And if you have any more questions, he can help you answer them, whatever it is, like however we can help you. But if you decide to parent, you know, I want you to know that we support you fully. Like, please don't feel pressure because it was really important to us that she did not feel pressured. Um, and so then one day she just reached out and said, you can call the attorney. I'm sure this is what I want to do. And at one point in between when she first reached out and when we matched, she had told us, like, if I choose adoption, I really want you guys, which was a huge compliment. But it was also very emotional because it's like, well, now I really want you to choose adoption, but I'm not going to say that because I don't want you to feel pressure. Yeah. Did you feel like. Being, being that you were self-matching and stuff and didn't have a social worker. I mean, a lot of us, I think if you go through an agency or so, if you have this social worker to kind of bounce ideas off and help you talk through things and use the right language. And did you feel like you were missing something with that? Or did you feel pretty comfortable in all the research and everything you've done to have a good conversation and help her through it all? I felt very well equipped from all of the different Facebook groups I was in and the research I had done. I had learned so much about the proper language and all of those things um, through that. And then I just also have always been pretty active in the pro-life movement. And so I learned a lot that way throughout my life as well, because a lot of times adoption plays a role in that. And I just I, it's something I've always been interested in and drawn to. So I've, I've spent my whole life learning about it, but I would say someone who maybe um, wasn't always planning to adopt and just kind of dove in would, would want to learn those things somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you get to the point where you're, you're having those kind of conversations and you want to be um, respectful 
to the expectant mom, you want to be ethical you want to, you know, have right. all those things. That's what kind of brought that question up to me is the ethics side of it. You know, and you want to make sure you're not getting in the, the coercion part of, okay, I know you want to adopt and I want you to adopt. So let's just talk only about adoption <laughs> and the point of, yeah. uh, where the coercion uh, part comes in. So that's why I mentioned that. Cause I think somebody listening to that really does have to be careful when you're doing a self-match that um, it, it may be a good idea to get a social worker involved just because you might want to run by some of those things if you're not really well equipped to talk. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And she did then after we contacted the attorney, he kind of set that up with the social worker so that Perfect. she yeah. could go through all of that and, and understand her rights and all of those very important things, which is another reason that I can't recommend um, using a very experienced attorney um, and just experienced adoption professionals all the way around. Um, you learn so much every time, every case is different. And so people who have been through it hundreds of times are definitely an asset. Absolutely. Well, let's get back to your story. You're you were you met for dinner you're still talking uh through social media but not so frequently maybe you mentioned a week or maybe even two between conversations um and, mm -hmm. the, and during this time where you can still put yourself out there on social media like you wanted to adopt yes yes we were and i felt awkward about that um but i told her like hey even if you do match with us you know we don't want everyone to know right away so I'm just going to keep posting like nothing's going on. Please don't be offended by it. I just kind of want to fly under the radar. And so then even after we matched, I kept posting as if we weren't matched just because I knew we had a lot of people in our social media audience that were very invested. And if I just kind of went silent, they would notice. Mm, and so um, I just I was just very open with her like, hey, this isn't something we want to put out there yet. Um, but just kind of kept posting and, and honestly, before we matched, but when we were talking to her, it was great for me because it was kind of like, if this one doesn't work out, at least I'm taking steps to actively find the next one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was thinking when I asked that. I'm like, what if this didn't work out? Would you want to continue? So that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So when you matched, how did that go? You, did you? Did she even know what a match was, you know, <laughs> or did you just kind of explain it like, okay, uh, we're in this together? Or how did that go when you matched? Yeah, I just explained to her like several times, like, we don't want you to feel pressure. Um, if and when you decide adoption is right for you and you want to move forward with us, we can call our attorney and figure out what the next steps are. Because I was like, I kind of know like she's going to need an attorney and they're going to need to talk and it's going to be, you know, whatever. But I didn't even know explicitly this is exactly how the next steps lay out. So I was kind of just like, our attorney needs to be involved next. So when you're ready, <laughs> let me know. And she was really open to it. Um, she talked to our attorney. We got her hooked up with an attorney. Um, and and that, again, was another reason I just knew she was so legitimate and very mature in her decision because she wasn't afraid to talk to the people she needed to talk to. Yeah, that's really smart. And you're right. It goes back to still having that good attorney because you got to know the adoption laws in your state and you were adopting <laughs> from the same state, which is helpful because the, the laws are the same and that attorney right. knows and you got to be careful to to have the right person know the laws so you're not messing anything up to the point where you're, you get so far along and, and something happens that legally isn't correct and it jeopardizes your adoption. So that's, right. that's smart to have a good, really good adoption attorney that knows all that. So so let's say you, you've matched now and she's got this period of time before the baby's born are you building this relationship with her, continuing to build this relationship with her? Did you talk about open adoption? Yeah, and and it was just something that evolved as we went. You know, we kind of told her, and we had been making posts about the different kinds of adoption, and, and part of my strategy on social media was to educate our audience on adoption because that gets them more engaged, which helps your content to travel farther. 
And so I think she probably learned a lot from the posts I had already been making about what open adoption means and, and all those things. Um, but we talked to her about that, like, you know, have you thought about what kind of adoption you want? Do you want to be involved? And, and she wasn't sure. And so um, she never really gave us a lot. And, and it's still evolving even today. Um, but she did, she did want to have some level of openness, not completely closed. So we were really thankful for that because we wanted to keep in touch with her and we wanted our son to be able to know her. Um, so yeah, we just, we just kept getting to know her and she actually, um, has other children and was very early with the last one that she had like seven weeks early. So we kept thinking, she would be, you know, like late October, early November, and she didn't end up giving birth until late November, um, which was really good for the health of our son and, and everything. But we, it was kind of like a waiting game where we were on our toes and she was on our on our toes, just kind of waiting, thinking it was going to happen sooner than it did. That's awesome. And then when did you get that call? Like, hey, I'm going to the hospital or th did you get that call? How did you find out? Yeah. Yeah, it was a Tuesday morning and I was getting ready for work. I was about to leave in about five minutes and I got a call from a number because we had only been messaging on Facebook up until this point, but we gave her our phone numbers because since we were kind of waiting thinking it could happen any day, I was waking up in the middle of the night to check Facebook Messenger to make sure I didn't miss anything. Like I, I just couldn't sleep. And so I said, if for some reason you try and get hold of us and can't, like here's our phone number, call anytime, whatever. Um, and so I got a call from a number I didn't have saved and it had the town that she was from and it hung up right away before I could answer it. And then I was like, oh my gosh, that's where she lives. But I get a lot of spam calls. Like, I don't know what to do. And thankfully she texted me right away from that same number that she was going to the hospital um, and that she would let us know when we should come. So we spent all day waiting um, and eventually went around supper time. Wow. And when you got there, what, I'm assuming the baby was already born at that point? or No. So she she was laboring, and she invited me to be in the room, um, which was so kind of her, and it was such an experience. But then, unfortunately, his heart rate kept dropping, and they had to take her back for an emergency C-section, and I couldn't be in there. But then... Um, they said it would be two hours. So I went back to the waiting room where my husband was and was like, well, it's going to be two hours, get comfortable. But then a half hour later, they came back and said that it was done. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And did she want some time alone with the baby right away or were you able to go in right away? We went in. Um, she actually had to be put under anesthesia. So she was asleep, but um, she told them that we could meet him and all that because it would be a little while till she woke up. Um, so we got some time alone with him, which was such a gift. Like, it's just incredible how selfless birth mothers are. Like, they're not already giving you enough. They just keep giving. But um, she did. She, she didn't necessarily even want time alone with him. We We had a room at the hospital and it was just down the hall from her. So we brought him down several times. We told her, like, you know, if he wants to leave, just say the word. But she just wanted to spend time with all of us. And um, it was really nice. It was really special. Was that a difficult time there when you had, like, such joy that this baby is born, but then kind of hurting for her? Yes, it was. Um, that There's nothing like it. It's so hard to explain that level of bittersweet Um she she's so tough and strong and selfless that I don't think she really let us see how much it hurt her. So like all of our time with her was was joyful. She was she was happy and confident in her decision. Her other children got to be there and meet him the next day. So that was really special. I got pictures of all of them holding him, which I'm sure he'll really cherish someday. We were only there for a little over 24 hours and and we actually got discharged late the night after he was born and she had to stay until the next morning. And so that was just like a whole nother level of hard because it was actually, we got out Wednesday night and Thursday was Thanksgiving. So she got out on Thanksgiving day, but it was like, we got to be home for all of Thanksgiving and had to kind of leave her there at the hospital. 
Um, she did have her daughter with her, so she wasn't completely alone. But it was just so hard because you see this person that is is making a decision that is so selfless and and ultimately is such a gift to you. And it's just like you want to love them so much, and we do, and we still find ways to show her we love her. But that was that was definitely a hard a hard moment for me. Yeah, that's it's heart wrenching. No question. Yeah. Um, how? Uh, so you bring the baby home, and did you still have contact, or how much contact did you have to, with her? I mean, I know your son's only four months old, but shortly after the hospital stay and the placement, I mean, how much? I mean, she had a certain period of time before she had to sign her uh, parental rights away. Yeah. How much time was that? And did that... It... Go ahead. It ended up being a week. So because it was over Thanksgiving, it got complicated because the courts were closed. And in Ohio, it has to be at least 72 hours after birth. And so our attorneys, because they're so good and experienced, set up ahead of time, knowing that it could happen over Thanksgiving, um, a power of attorney, which gave us the ability to take him home and be his caregivers until she signed her rights away. So we had court uh, the Tuesday after he was born, so a week later. And we texted her in that time, sent pictures, all that stuff. Um, and in the meantime, since all of that, we've we've kept in touch. Like I said, she only lives an hour away, so we see her probably about once a month. Um we had him baptized in January and she came to that and to the lunch we had afterwards. And, um, we're just, we're so thankful and so blessed by her willingness to be part of his life. So it's, it's so far so good. It's been really great. Um, keeping in touch with her and seeing her regularly. That's awesome. Yeah. Now you get to work on the relationship building with her and keeping in touch and yeah and cha- working on the openness in the open adoption like how much contact and when and all that stuff so yeah you got some good relationship building to do over the next several years and the rest of his life really yeah uh, yeah but she makes it easy she's such a fun and interesting person to get to know and easy to get along with so um, I know it doesn't turn out like that in every adoption, but we're just so yeah. thankful that for ours it did. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the social media aspect again. I know we've been mixing in that in here and there, uh, but let's get a little more on the side of helping people that are listening to this and kind of wrap their brains <laughs> around social media and adoption. And uh, you've started helping people with what you call the helpful HAP, H-A-P, which is Hopeful Adoptive Parents. And you're just trying to help them like I am really take the stress out of the adoption journey with tips and resources and helping them specifically grow their family through private adoption because is what that's what you've done. Um, mm-hmm. And you're on Instagram and you've got uh, a blog and you even have things on Etsy. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, how do you help people first of all that were hoping to adopt privately using social media so i started out offering coaching and i've kind of shifted a little bit to offering content planners because i i discovered that that's really what people need the most help with um i give a lot of tips on my instagram just about kind of your goals for social media and how to achieve them and one of the biggest things that people can do is create a page specifically for their adoption. There's a lot of reasons that you don't just want to use your personal profile. And one of them is that you really need to post very consistently. I recommend every day. And if not every day, then as many days a week as you can commit to and follow through on. Um, And so part of my offering is is content planners that give people ideas of what to post every day. So I, I make one for every month. I just release the April one so people can get those on Etsy. Um, But ultimately, it's just kind of community building, truly what I'm doing. I'm getting to know so many people and hearing so many stories. and, And I a lot of times learn 
how I can help by just listening to what kinds of things they're asking and wondering about because I grew up in a time when social media was really becoming prevalent and have learned a lot about it through doing marketing on social media for work. And so I think it's very easy for me to not realize that something doesn't make sense to someone or they don't know about certain features or best practices. Um, so really just kind of answering questions, fostering that community, and then giving them ideas and, and helping them learn from what worked for us. What are a couple of things? I mean, you don't have to tell everything that's on a, a monthly schedule of, of planning uh, social media posts, but can you give us a couple of ideas? Like what, what would you recommend on a, in a particular day that somebody posts about? Yeah, it's, it's anything from what you're making to dinner that night to kind of show like what there, there's a lot of posts about showing what life with your family would be like, because mm -hmm. expected moms want to see that when they come across your page. There's a lot of things about educating your audience about adoption, because that helps people like your random friends from high school or people that you go to church with or whatever, that people are just curious by nature. So providing that education piece gets people more engaged and people who are more engaged are more likely to react and share, share your content, um, which helps your content go farther and get your page in front of more people, which is how you find an expectant mom. Um, so it's really a wide mix. Um, it's suggesting that you post about um, part of the adoption process and just educate people on it, that you show what a day in your life looks like, that you're strategically asking for shares on your post. You don't want to ask for that every single post because people will get burned out. And so it's just kind of outlining the strategy that I used and that worked for us. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a wide mix of everything and it, it can be really hard to come up with something every day when I tell people I would post every day, they're like, how did you come up with ideas? And honestly, it's just something that comes naturally to me. So I'm, I'm really grateful that I get the opportunity to share that with other people. And do you recommend they only post in like one or two social media platforms like social media or for like Facebook and Instagram? Um, yes and no. So I think it really depends on the person. For me, it was easy to tackle too, um, but it's also a slippery slope and you can get yourself spread too thin very quickly. So I, I know it's kind of arbitrary, but I would recommend doing as much as you can confidently and competently commit to. Um, but Facebook and Instagram are definitely the big two. And everything I've read says that Facebook is probably the more predominant one that people are having success with. And it's where we had success. But I also read a lot about social media in general. And I think that Instagram is still really growing and maybe even outpacing Facebook. So I, I find a lot of value in those two specifically. But if someone maybe hasn't really ever used Instagram and they're just familiar with Facebook, then instead of spending a lot of time learning Instagram, I would suggest using that time to pour into the quality of your Facebook content instead yeah and your planner is like you literally give them a, like a month like right? like april's coming up and you every day you'd spell out exactly what to post or what to consider posting right yeah so it, it would be a prompt um like uh share something that made you laugh this week and so you could take that a lot of different ways you could record a video of yourself talking about it you could make a little graphic online and post that. You could post a picture of you with a caption about what made you laugh. There's there's a lot of ways for people to be creative with it, but it's just kind of that springboard that gives them the starting point. Okay. Do you get people coming to you and asking, okay, that's I get I get the idea of what you want me to post, but how do I actually do that that's engaging? Like, do I do a video? Do I like, you know, all those things that you're talking about? Or do you just, or people are just creative on their own? I don't know how creative I would be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think I've seen a lot of people be creative on their own. That's not really a question I get a lot, but I do think that it's something I kind of address in my Instagram and the people that are buying my planners are, are really engaged in my Instagram. So they're kind of already getting those answers without having to ask the question a lot of times. 
Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, your Instagram page is awesome. I mean, you, you've got everything really well laid out, like where to get your blog, your resources, your products, what to do during the wait, your own story, and then social media tips. So everything is pretty easy to digest right there on your Instagram page. So, uh, um, and it's Instagram.com forward slash the helpful hap H A P. So uh, and I'll put a link to the show note in the show notes for that. So you know exactly where to find Lindsay on all the social media. Uh, but I just really intrigued on how you did this and, and you didn't do any of this with any paid advertising, right? Nothing you did was paid. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. I've, I've worked with paid ads in different marketing positions I've had and it's, it's a slippery slope. You can spend a lot of money with very little result if you don't know what you're doing. And I just didn't feel it was necessary. We built a really strong, engaged audience on our platforms, and it ended up working for us. So not to say that it's not right for everyone or for some people to try paid ads, but it wasn't right for us, and it's definitely possible without them. And your son's birth mom found you through Facebook. Did you ever mm-hmm. did you have a you ask her like was it somebody in her world that ended up sharing it with her or how did she stumble across your facebook uh, post yeah i don't know exactly the chain that that got us there like as far as who shares but i do know that someone she's friends with shared it and probably one of their friends shared it and one of their friends might be one of my friends or however that worked but um somebody in her feed shared it and she was facing this unplanned pregnancy and had considered adoption and the rest is history. Yeah. That's the beauty of social media actually right there. You're right. Is you, those connections go so far, so fast. Um, Mm -hmm. And to get, and I can see why you're saying post often helps because it does prompt people to share. Um, and it's not easy to do. And I, it would probably set yourself apart from most people that are adopting because they're not going to take the time to post every day because they don't know what mm-hmm. to post every day. So that's where your your social media help comes in. And the, those planners are huge because it just takes the guessing out of it. You know, you know what to do. Uh, I, I love that. That's that's pretty needed in today's world. And, and I think even outside of a private adoption, so let's just say, oh, I don't know somebody listening to this, like, ah, I don't know. I don't want to take all the risk in, in having this private adoption, but I am going through this agency and I know the adoption laws are okay for me to post. And I would highly recommend making sure your attorney and your agency says it's okay to post through social media like this. But say they wanted to do that with an agency. I mean, I think you could still do that and your post could lead somebody to, if they contact you, go right to your agency and say, okay, great. I'm glad you're reaching out to me. Here's the agency that we're working with. Would you consider contacting them with us? Was that, is that how you would do that if you were working with a adoption professional like that? Yes, absolutely. I think even I've heard of several agencies that encourage their hopeful adoptive couples to work on self-matching on Facebook or Instagram um, in addition to what the agency is doing for them just because of how great of a resource social media is. And there's so much out there about how social media can be a bad thing and it can be addictive and whatever, but it really is such a powerful tool when used correctly um, that that agencies are even recommending that exactly as you said, you know, you can do something every day or every few days to put yourself out there. It's just an extra way that you can put yourself out there and people that you are friends with on your Facebook, for example, you might've went to high school with them or played a sport with them or whatever it is. Um, they get more excited than you might expect and they want to help, um, because adoption is such a beautiful thing. So many people want to help. So if you make a post and they see it on their page, then they want to share it. And then that opens it up to a whole new community of, of people that are seeing it. And so, uh, like you said, it can spread really fast and it's just, it's just a great way to kind of increase the exposure you're already getting from your agency. And, um, it's, it's something small you can do every day that it gave me a lot of 
pride and I guess satisfaction that I was taking a small step every day. Everything I put out there was hopefully getting us one step closer to adopting. Absolutely. Did you use any video like with audio? I know and Instagram is easy to use the little clips of video, but that are mm -hmm. muted with text. But do you use any video of like you actually saying something in a in a video that you would post on Facebook or Instagram? We did, I think just once. Um, and if I could do it again, I would, I would do more of that because video is really growing on social media. All of the industry newsletters I get on social media talk about that. But um, we did it when we launched our, we did a puzzle fundraiser. Um, so when we kind of introduced that to our audience and just asked them to support us in that way, um, we used video and it, it performed well. The content went really far and people reacted to it. So, um, I, I always recommend people use video. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I recommend that too. I mean, <laughs> profile videos made us, uh, connect with all of our kids as birth parents. I mean, and we made, but we made two to three minute videos, not, uh, probably 20 second <laughs> clip, but you can absolutely do that. And it may be even easier than making a whole two to three minute uh, profile video and you can do a 20 seconds like hey there this is this is us cooking this is our favorite dish we love to cook and it's just you in the kitchen making your favorite dish for about 20 seconds I mean I can see that yeah. being a, an easy thing to do and, and the, the thought like you said before is always with the, the thinking of how am I going to show what life is like in our family because that's really what expected moms are looking for mm-hmm so I think video is huge. Yeah. And, uh, anybody that needs help with video, I mean, I think you can, you can go right to Lindsay. We have a product called adoption profile videos made easy that will help you figure out what, what to put in videos as well. So, uh, videos is definitely a, a way to go. And it has been for a while, even more than ever. Now though, you're holding a video camera in your hand with all the phones that we've got these days. Uh, while we're wrapping up or before we wrap up, I just want to ask you just a couple things about maybe some lessons, important lessons that you would hope to pass on to families who are hoping to adopt through social media. Yeah. Um, so one is definitely that if you feel some kind of calling to adopt or some kind of pressure, I, I don't want to say pressure, some kind of calling to adopt or reason to adopt, um, definitely pursue it. I know I had a lot of moments of doubt, um, even though this is something I feel like the Lord put on my heart from a very young age. It's way easier to see that in retrospect. There were so many moments when we were going through our weight and everything where I was like, is this right? Are we doing like, is this what we're supposed to be doing? And I would say that if that thought is there, it's there for a reason. So never hesitate to follow that. And then more specific to social media, um, an important lesson that we learned was there are a lot of people out there with a very negative view of adoption and social media gives them um, a magnified voice. Mm -hmm. And while their experiences and their opinions are very valid, a lot of times um, they can be sort of hateful or nasty in coming across hopeful adoptive profiles. And so that did happen to us on a few occasions where people would kind of attack us for wanting to adopt. And it, it's it's past experiences and trauma that they've lived through um, that made them feel that way. And so it is okay to kind of take that with a grain of salt. And even if you have to block people that aren't willing to have a reasonable level-headed conversation with you, um, it's okay. At first, it, it really didn't feel like it. It felt <laughs> mean or like I was silencing someone, but um, that that was huge when I experienced that and learned that it's great to listen to them and meet them where they are, but there is a level of it's not worth having this conversation anymore because it's more detrimental than productive. Um, so that's a huge lesson I took away from it as well. Absolutely. What's well, one thing you wish you knew before you started the adoption journey? Um, I think it, it's that it's just that there's, I, I always thought of adoption as a good thing, and I, I was naive to think that everyone felt that way. Um, so it was really interesting to learn about people that 
aren't as positive about it and, and just kind of hear where they're coming from. Yeah. And that's a hard one to, to take in. You're right. When you realize how much negativity is out there, you, it's hard to wrap your brain around when we're, we view adoption as such a beautiful thing and it is. Mm-hmm. Well, as we wrap yeah, up, absolutely. how can folks, we talked a little bit about how they can connect with you. What, what, where would you recommend uh, sending them to, to, just get in touch with you. You can help people out and show people uh, how you can help them. Yeah. Uh, I would say go to my Instagram. It's at the helpful HAP, H-A-P. Um, I check it several times a day. I try and interact with people as often as I can on there. Um, and it's linked to my blog and my Etsy shop as well. I hope uh, to maybe start a Facebook page for the Helpful Hap sometime, but I need to make sure that I'm not spreading myself too thin, you know, as a, a new mom and someone who's trying to to really get good value out of everything I'm trying to do. But um, Instagram is probably the best place to find me. Yeah, an easy way to, to communicate, too, through messaging absolutely. On, on Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story, sharing your unique perspective with adopting uh, through social media and connecting in, a, in that private adoption way and having the attorney and all that. That's just uh, an amazing story. And, and and like you said, it may not be for It isn't for everyone, but there are several different ways that just shows there are several different ways to adopt, different ways to go about these things. And you absolutely can do it this way. And I'm so glad you're helping people figure out how to do that. If it's really something that they want to do. And I'm sure you can reach out to Lindsay if you're listening to this and you can reach out to Lindsay and go, here are my concerns still that I don't know uh, about. And I'm sure you'd be willing to help work them through those things and figure out if it is right for them. And that would be through the Instagram page, right? (laughs) That would be the best way to connect with you. Okay. Yep. Yep. Through Instagram. That's the best way. I love when people reach out to me and ask questions or share what they're facing. Awesome. Yes. I can totally see that. And I appreciate you doing that. And thank you for coming on and sharing your story. You did a great job. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Great interview with Lindsay. I'd love to hear just a different way to adopt a different way. And it might scare you to think about, Ooh, I don't want to get into the social media thing and having to deal with all that, but there's various levels of using social media. I hope you caught that in the interview. There's various ways to use social media. It doesn't always have to be just like Lindsay and her husband did, which is finding and matching and connecting with that expectant mom through Facebook. Now I hope you go and check out all of her stuff, the helpful hap H A P and she's on Etsy. She's on Instagram. She has her own blog, but the best place to connect with her is on Instagram at the helpful hap. So I hope that really helped you and inspired you to go check out different ways and different things to do on your adoption journey. I want to do one more thing to see if I can help you on your journey, and that's help you find the right adoption agency. I got a free resource for you. It's called How to Find the Right Adoption Agency in Just Four Steps. It's a free resource, free guide, walks you through how to find the right agencies, evaluate them, and then choose the right one. Go to findmyadoptionagency.com. You'll see how to get the free guide and you'll see the course. If you really want to dive in deeper, if the guide's not enough for you, you really want more help, more information, a lot more resources and guides and really walking you through step-by-step on how to get that right agency, we got the online course there for you too. Findmyadoptionagency.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're in my prayers as you go on the journey to build your family through infant adoption. God bless. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to my dad.